Hey there, and welcome to another edition of Inside Intercom. This week, we're focusing on an aspect of product that has perhaps the most profound impact on making sure we're able to show the value our products provide and connect them with potential users. That's product marketing. And joining me in the studio this week is Krithika Muthakumar, product marketing lead at Stripe. Following a run as a foundational product marketer at Dropbox, Krithika joined Stripe as its very first marketing hire nearly four years ago. Her work has covered all corners in the marketing mix, from positioning and branding to developer campaigns, product launches, writing copy, community efforts, you name it. And when she's not helping to reach and expand Stripe's audience, she's sharing her knowledge with the developer community as a program advisor at Heavybit Industries. In our chat, Krithika goes into detail about how her team has gotten a handle on product launches. We're trying to be thoughtful and mindful that every launch or every feature has a specific audience in mind and has a specific business need that it's trying to fulfill. So our marketing tries to stem from that. So we try to set the business goals and the objectives first and then build the right marketing campaigns around that to really meet those goals. Why our team at Stripe spends so much time simply talking to and getting closer with customers. It's very hard for marketers to put themselves into the shoes of an entrepreneur because you're not moonlighting and, and running a startup on the side. And why shipping, even for marketing teams, is just the beginning of a much larger process. What we really aim to do and try to do is to make sure that we are keeping track of the product's metrics, keeping track of engagement, adoption, usage, and influencing those numbers over time and baking into our processes ways that we can continue to put the product out there, continue to iterate on the messaging. If you like what you hear want to check out more Inside Intercom interviews, you can subscribe to our show over at iTunes or your favorite podcast app. But now, let's hop in the studio with Krithika Muthukumar. You're listening to Inside Intercom. Intercom, making internet business personal at scale. Learn more at intercom.com. Krithika, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So just to get us started, can you walk us through the types of products you've marketed to date and ultimately what your role at Stripe now constitutes as? I actually started off my career as a front-end developer and made my way back into marketing and was working on marketing for, at first, the Android platform and the Nexus devices, which are firmly in the consumer space. However, in my 20% time, or I guess 120% time, I was working on our developer.android.com and all of our efforts for uh, Android developers for the platform. At that time, I had the chance to joined Dropbox and was the third person in marketing there and worked on everything from consumer launches and we launched Dropbox for Business, which was a new thing for the company. And we also, uh, I guess in my free time there, worked on our developer platform um, and all of our launches for the Dropbox platform. When I joined Stripe about four years ago, I was actually just the first person in marketing. So my work spanned everything from positioning and branding Uh, developer campaigns, product launches, writing copy. And until about three years ago, I was the only person in marketing at Stripe. So I've done everything from pinch hitting for our sales teams and enabling our teams to doing co-marketing with some of our largest partners and working on our community efforts for the different audiences that we serve. As of last year, we've started building out the team and now we have a small but mighty team of about 12 people on the marketing team here at Stripe. Cool. So you mentioned you were the first marketing hire at Stripe, which Stripe was pretty far along at that point when they finally got to marketing. So I imagine that was a little bit of an intimidating role. A lot of our listeners are from very early stage companies where 
they are looking to make their first marketing hire, or maybe there is only one or two people in marketing. So I'm curious, what type of expectations did they set you up for on day one? I mean, what, what were the first challenges they gave you? Yeah, I mean, it was an exercise in prioritization. And in many ways, I had the leeway to set the priorities for the function. Um, I think for, for many companies, the advice that I always give is that you have to make marketing work towards the business goals that you have. And at Stripe, there's been sort of three very distinct eras or epochs that I've been through. When I first joined Stripe, it was literally just the homepage and documentation. So, you know, I went on a a support rotation and was speaking to customers for a couple of days and noticed that many of them had very similar questions. You know, do you guys support subscription billing? Uh, Do you guys support paying out to people? And of course we did, but they had no reason to know. And uh, the first real time that I was there at Stripe was about filling the voids of content um, because in, in many ways, that first era, that first bit for product marketing is always trying to make sure that you're telling your customers the very basic things about your features and your functionality and your products so that they can understand what, they, what it is that your product supports um, and can make a decision about whether to use your product or not. So that was, that was really the first thing that I did at Stripe. And then the second thing was around getting launches under control. Um, it, you know, before my time at Stripe, uh, we have a continuous deploy process. So our engineers would launch things into production and into the hands of customers. And if they remembered to, would write up a blog post about it. Um, so we, we, when I first got there, we were establishing things like sending emails to our users. We were establishing new channels such as events or websites or landing pages to get the word out about a new feature or product and, and really connecting our users with the products as well. And what was it like establishing rapport with the product team at that time? Were they skeptical about marketing? Were they they have eager ears? What was that like? We actually didn't have PMs or product managers for a long time at Stripe. So it was for me, it was sitting down with engineers and trying to understand that the work that they were doing and trying to understand what we were trying to build for the users. What was that user-facing benefit that we were trying to deliver through this product or feature? <laughs> you know, it was pretty challenging to get meetings on calendar at Stripe because it was very anti-meeting culture back in the day. So I think I had a couple of days where I where I scheduled five or six coffee walks where I would walk with the engineer towards the coffee uh, towards the coffee shop and on the way just pepper them with questions about what they were working on when things were launching and trying to put together some semblance of a product calendar or a launch calendar for what was coming up next so you said it's a small and mighty team of 12 now I know stripe has long been known for being very methodical and how they grow their headcount um, but it is a global company I think you guys have what almost 700 people on the full uh, headcount now? Coming up on it, almost a thousand. Oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah, quite quite a big company, but 12, 12 people on your team. How How's your team structured today? Does Do you have a product marketer for Sigma, a product marketer for payments? What how have you gone about doing that? It's a great question. So out of the 12 people, four of them work on product marketing. The rest are either working on growth marketing, things like paid ads or th- looking at our funnel. Um, and we also have an events and field function who are creating events and in-person experiences for our users. The product marketing team specifically, you know, it can often get where you're assigned to a specific product area that you then start plowing your own trough. You're very siloed and thinking through that any request for, say, a Stripe Connect will have to be done by X person. 
we're trying out a model where we do have product area leads. So there's someone who is embedded in the day-to-day work of the product teams and the engineering teams understand what's coming out. They are speaking with our users and our customers and really understanding the needs of our users and trying to figure out creative ways to connect the two. But we also have, um, I guess, what's best explained as a subcontracting model so that the rest of the team can also get exposure to projects in other product areas and try to understand how we can uh, make that more exciting. We also have weekly brainstorm times across that product marketing team with one of our co-founders. And we use that time to really look at other disciplines, other industries, things that are happening out in the wild, and uh, just work as sounding boards to up-level the projects and, and the work that we do as a team. So are you guys all here in San Francisco or spread out? Right now we're all in San Francisco, but um, we're looking to invest more folks and more marketing hires in both Europe and in the Asia-Pacific region over the next years. Stripe serves 25 countries today locally, and then through Stripe Atlas, we're really reaching a global audience. The thing about developer marketing, though, is that the products and APIs that we're building are fairly universal. However, there are definitely regional specifications that we have to create because we work on payments products and we work on software that helps enable businesses that are working with very different regional climates or you know, regional differences in how they do work. So we want to make sure that we're reflecting that in our product as well. So more to come on the product marketing front to make it much more local to the users in different c- countries. Well, I hope and assume it's not quite as hard to get on the calendar of the product team these days. What types of collaboration methods or tools are you guys using with the product team? Are you sitting up on daily stand-ups? What are you doing? Stripe is a very transparent company, so we keep our calendars and ongoing stack ranks or you know, the prioritized list of the features or products that we're working on pretty open to the rest of the company. So the product marketing team on a weekly basis sits down with both the engineering teams and the product managers to try to figure out if anything's changed. What's the delta in launch dates or when things are shipping or if new features are being worked on. And all of this feeds into a central place that we maintain called the product calendar. And internally, this is the resource for user-facing teams to figure out when things are coming out the door. And The user-facing teams might range from everything from sales to account management to user operations to uh, field engineering. And we want to make sure that everyone's aligned to when things might impact their team. And those people are pulled in as needed to make sure that they can figure out all the implications for, for their specific teams when something goes to market. And how early is your team? I mean, I can tell by how good your product marketing is, that it's not coming at the end of the shipping process by any means. But how early are you getting a seat at the table? Are you able to help influence what's getting built at Stripe? What types of conversations are you having? Yeah, I've seen teams and I've worked on teams where you know the product is fully fledged and created before it's thrown over the fence to marketing to get it out the door. That's get it on the shelf, get it off the shelf kind of thing. Exactly. And that's definitely not a model that I've found works well for technology companies. So Stripe has recently adopted a half-yearly planning process. So every six months, we create some priority focus areas, and the output of that planning process is a user-facing release plan. So those user-facing release plans, or as we affectionately call them, the ERPs, are plans that are focused around what tangible benefit or change are we going to create in a user's business? And 
it's not that the marketing plan is tacked on at the end. The messaging or the positioning of what we want to get across is baked right into those plans. So our team is is very involved in that. We're also spending about 10 to 15% of our time actually speaking with users and on calls with users, either through sales calls or through independent calls that we set up. Because unlike consumer-facing companies, you know, it's very hard for marketers to put themselves into the shoes of an entrepreneur because you're not moonlighting and, and running a startup on the side. So we want to make sure that we are speaking with users to build empathy as well as understand what their priorities are. And we help feed that back to the product teams as often as we can to help figure out what product development and changes we might make to the product to better meet those needs. We do customer support days here at Intercom, and I often learn more in those four hours where I'm working the inbox about the product and what our users' needs are, what their problems are, or what things that they think we don't have that we do have in four hours than I will in the next four to five weeks. It's it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, you also get to to themes very, very quickly, more so than you'd expect, because people have very distinct needs, and they're running very distinct businesses, but the commonalities across them and the challenges that they face are striking. So you mentioned one of your big challenges when you first got to Stripe, one of many big challenges was to get a handle on launches. How do you go about handling prioritization for launches, whether it's the things that you really shout about and will contact users through email and do press or what's just a change log entry or everything that falls in between? Are there any guiding principles that you use? Yeah, like most companies, we have a, a very loose tiering structure, tier one, tier two, tier three. Um, you know, tier ones are the launches that'll get press support. They'll often get a landing page, a full sales training, um, whatever we can do to really push that product and, and make it a capital P product, if you will, across the things that we are building. The tier two launches are often a blog post or a targeted email message or an email campaign to our users. It might also involve some sales training. It really depends. I think the meta point is that we're not trying to get too prescriptive about the menu of launch options that you get. Because we're trying to be thoughtful and mindful that every launch or every feature has a specific audience in mind and has a specific business need that it's trying to fulfill. So our marketing tries to stem from that. So we try to set the business goals and the objectives first and then build the right marketing campaigns around that to really meet those goals. And on those bigger launches, I know I've seen you talk elsewhere about on occasion you guys will write spec blog posts, which I, I'm guessing is almost your version of how Amazon writes a hypothetical press release before they ever start coding anything to make sure that the story and the user need is baked into the process. And talk to me a little bit about that, when you guys might do that and what the, the goals are there. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the spec blog post is kind of interesting. I think we've it comes from a very similar place to how Amazon writes these press releases because it gives you a North Star um, on on the message or the user-facing change that you're trying to get across. And it aligns different teams to that same goal and to the same objective. One of Stripe's operating principles is to put users first. And these sort of blog posts or what we call the stem cell line of messaging, you know, this is the messaging that serves as the starting point for many other user-facing collateral. That stem cell line might get translated into a blog post, into a website, into sales narratives or sales demos, but it comes from that same source of truth. And that's really helped us make sure that we are consistent across the many different channels that we employ, and it also helps teams make sure that all the work that they're doing 
is laddering up to what the user-facing change or the user-facing messaging is that we want to get across. Exactly. So you're not, maybe it's the product team when they want to add some sort of new feature to a product or new piece to the feature puzzle that it tracks back to that story and it's not detracting from it. Yeah. And and the other thing is, especially when you're doing B2B marketing, uh, you don't have to rely on just one sort of launch moment or one big major event that you do um, to get across a new product or feature. You can set up a narrative that you're building up on over time. Um, So for example, you know, one of the themes that we might want to get across in a particular quarter or a, a particular month might be around security. So we might actually have a series of blog posts around security or features around security that we launch around then. Um, but they all sort of add up to that same message to our users that we want to get across. Another thing I know that you do at Stripe is you beta test marketing, which I think is really interesting because when you beta test a product, you're able to tell, okay, does it accomplish the user's job to be done? Does it just satisfy their need? But marketing is a little bit more subjective. So what what are the types of things that you're looking for there? And are these the same people that you're beta testing the product with? Or how are you going about doing this? Yeah, we really think about our marketing as an extension of our product. You know, it's the first experience that a user might have with our product or messaging. So we really treat it carefully. Um, Just as much as we beta test our products, we also want to make sure that the marketing is meeting the goals and objectives of what we're trying to get across. It really doesn't have to be an onerous program or a long-winded exercise it just has to be someone who hasn't been living and breathing the marketing copy for the past couple of months. Not too in the weeds. Exactly. So anyone outside of your company can work just fine. Um, it's it's really great if it's someone who is an entrepreneur or a leader at a company who you're aiming the product to be for. So as soon as you send them the message, you know, in the email, we lay out what is it that we're trying to test with this beta. Does the marketing make sense? What is the value that you see from this product once you read through the page? Would you recommend this product to a friend? Would you recommend that your own company adopts this product? And that's it. You know, it it can usually be done over email or even via Facebook Messenger or a text message. And if this is someone that you have a relationship with, often you get very candid feedback. And it's, it's very qualitative. You get the candid feedback very quickly. And that helps you either just... A, validate that the page is doing what it's doing, or to go back to trying to figure out how you can change it to make sure that the message is getting across clearly. And on the flip side of the beta equation, is your team able to help to work with the product team to help decide who should actually be beta testing the product? Because I imagine that's where a lot of your case studies and collateral come from that help equip sales teams and customer support down the line. Absolutely. I don't think we try to meddle too much because I think a particular product might be tested for scale. A particular product might be tested for meeting a particular use case or uh, in a particular region. So the PMs and our team actually does end up setting the goals for the beta together. However, beta testing the marketing, it just might be a different decision maker from a person who's actually using the product. So we want to be mindful of that. And when it comes to, when of course you're out of beta and you've got the full launch what types of things, you know, other than case studies, are you equipping your sales and support team with? What, what have you found to be really effective there for empowering those folks? Many of Stripe's products are things that are completely new to the market. So oftentimes, you know, sales teams are equipped with competitive battle cards. Like, how do you compare X to Y? Or how do you compare X solution to Y's features? 
one of the challenges that we faced is that when we're creating net new categories, you know, things like Sigma, it, a tool for using SQL to search through your payments data just doesn't exist in the world. So it's about creating a narrative or to create an urgency for a company to adopt a feature or a product that they might not even have been thinking about as a need for their company. It's not a solution that they're going out to search for. So it's about introducing the category, introducing the value, and then trying to showcase some success stories. And that's the best that we can do when you're first entering a market. I think the one thing that I really try to be mindful of and our entire team does is to not launch and forget. Often marketing can jump from launch to launch and you sort of throw up a, a great product and then it sort of trickles out or dies. Um, and what we really aim to do and try to do is to make sure that we are keeping track of the product's metrics, keeping track of engagement, adoption, usage, and influencing those numbers over time and baking into our processes ways that we can continue to put the product out there, continue to iterate on the messaging. We might have a base case case study where it's just someone speaking about the value to their company. What we would love to do and what our always our end goal is, is to layer in more stats, more hard numbers, ways to quantify the ROI that'll actually be even more compelling to future prospects and users. The one thing that Stripe always keeps in mind is that we work in a very cohort-based industry. It's not One launch is not going to reach all of your potential users because new users are always going to have the need for accepting payments or doing data analysis or fighting fraud, whatever it might be across our platform. So we keep that in mind and we're always thinking about how to engineer our marketing such that we're reaching those cohorts over time. Yeah, yeah. So I think the, the key takeaway there is that, you know, just like with product, shipping is the beginning of a process. And you're not just going to ship a product and forget about it. You're going to learn from users and iterate. And I think you could do the same thing with marketing as well. Yeah. And I think that's that's very critical with B2B marketing. So one really interesting challenge that you've had at Stripe that I was excited to ask you about is that your core audience has for a long time been smaller companies and startups. What are the considerations that your team has had to make for marketing features towards bigger companies without you know, alienating those people that have been reliant and found success with your product for so long? Ah, yes, jumping the shark. <laughs> There's two principles that really set Stripe apart here. The, the first is, you know, oftentimes a, a company might start out for startups and then make a shift into the enterprise. And for Stripe, one of the things that's really telling is that Startups will always be a core part of our business. Um, it's almost like working at a, at a VC firm because you invest in a bunch of different startups and a few of them grow up to be really big. Similarly with Stripe, we're always trying to be the de facto choice for startups because some of them grow to be much bigger over time. Even with our pricing model, we're really incentivized and aligned to growing startups and growing businesses over time. When we think about that cohort-based approach, our marketing ends up becoming really interesting. And in some ways, it's not transactional. It's much more of a long-term partnership. In the parallel that I draw is, uh, you know, a university that might run a campaign today, like a Harvard might run a campaign today, but they're trying to reach middle schoolers who might apply to college years from now. You know, similarly, when we do marketing, uh, a developer might not need payments 
today. They might not need payments six months from now at their company, but at another startup or another company that they go off to join or to found, they're going to need payments at some point in their life cycle, and we want to be top of mind then. The other thing that I'll notice is that many of the bigger companies are often trying to operate like startups, and they are trying to be more nimble, trying to get products to market quicker. So we try to tap into that. Being really good for startups is a boon for Stripe because larger companies are attracted to the startup mentality and the startup way of of moving. So that's that's one thing. I think it's a really hard problem. You know, you don't want to end up with a website where you're having a portal. You know, where it's are you a developer? Click here. Are you an accountant? All these different hubs that are totally separated and. Yeah, I think it, it just doesn't speak to the intelligence of your audience. But I think the one thing that is really important is that there is something for everyone. You know, people are smart enough to skim over the code if it's not something that's applicable to them. But if there's nothing for them to skim to, then that's a problem. But you can have a sort of a layered approach, and and that's how we think about it. Um, the one other thing that I would mention is that for larger decision makers, you know, decision makers who aren't developers, a critical part of their business is where can they deploy developer resources to. So being developer friendly, again, is is something that works to our benefit because for them, developer friendliness doesn't mean, oh, it's easier to write code or it's easier to read your API documentation. For them, being developer friendly means they need to deploy or assign maybe just one developer to their payment solution. They don't need to assign a whole team, an army of developers working on a payment solution. So that long tail approach then I think really helps you then as well as sort of because you are, there's that disconnect from the decision maker to the developer in that case, at least the larger the company gets, right, the more space there's going to be. So developing that relationship to where over time that conversation will take place and they'll develop awareness themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I won't say that we have have won yet in the space. I think there is a lot we can be doing to cultivate a similar sort of relationships with the accounting community, with the payments community, with um, so many other non-developer um, audiences within the company. And I think we've made the most headway into the developer community, but there's so many more that we could be doing better with. So to come full circle here, uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, I'm sitting with the first marketer from Stripe. So a lot of our listeners, again, are very early stage. They're, maybe marketing isn't their full-time job, but they're having to do it, or they're in the shoes that you found yourself in at Stripe and then previously at Dropbox. So you know, considering their lim- their limited time and resources and just the amount of different directions that they can take with this challenge, what are some things they can be doing right away, smaller things, to help showcase the value that their product brings to users? I don't want to be super prescriptive because every business is different. But for Stripe, one of those early priorities for us was to just fill all of the content, write up content for many different use cases. And again, being very user-centric about it. You know, If you're a decision maker trying to pick between two different solutions, you want to hear the pros and cons of each and be able to make that decision yourself. I think people get too tied up in, you know, it has to be this beautiful landing page or it needs to be this beautiful microsite experience or it needs to be the most polished two-minute video that we could ever create. I think being sort of scrappy is, is probably a better approach when you're first starting out. Um, some of our best marketing to date has been written by Christina Cordova, our head of partnerships. And the channel for that content is just an answer on Quora. So I think don't shy away from some of the things that seem 
you know, super easy because there's still the places where people are trying to find the content. And if it's helpful and it's useful, that content will still take you quite far. I think after that, it's about layering in and scaling that approach. So for example, you know, a very high bandwidth conversation you might have with someone in a room, in person, you want to try to figure out what are ways that we can make that more self-serve? What are ways that we can scale that up so that more people can have that similar sort of interaction without your head of sales or your co-founders having to go into a room physically to be able to get that message across? And then finally, I think you start to get much more intentional about your marketing. You know, there's some companies out there that announce products two, three years before they might ever materialize. You don't have to go that far. But to be more directive about what are the gaps in the user-facing narrative? What are the gaps in the user experience with your product? And how can you fill those? I think marketing plays a huge role in trying to suss that out, trying to understand what the user needs are, trying to understand how they're trying to make that decision around payments or whatever your software might be, and then feeding that back into product development and how you tell your story. So speaking of content, where can our listeners go to learn more from your team at Stripe and just generally keep up with what's going on there? Everything our, our team produces makes its way onto Stripe.com or the Stripe's blog. So feel free to check us out there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Krithika. This has been great. Thank you. You've been listening to the Inside Intercom podcast. For more episodes, visit soundcloud.com slash intercom. If you'd like to subscribe, search for Inside Intercom in iTunes or Stitcher. And for even more great content, check out blog.intercom.com.